0: Thanks for tuning in to the teaching ministry of Mike Hilson, Senior Pastor of New Life Wesleyan Church of La Plata, Maryland. It's a church that plants churches. And of Where You Are Church, an online church helping people reconnect with God through practical content and a growing community. Hey, we're glad that you're taking time to listen to this week's message. We hope this teaching helps you love God and love people better every single day. And if you enjoy what you hear today, consider sharing it with someone else. Now, enjoy today's teaching.
1: I want you to take your Bibles. We've been we've been doing a a prayer series, and we've been doing this out of the Book of Psalms. And so I want you to take you take your Bibles and go to Psalm seventy three, Psalm seventy three. And we're gonna we're gonna unpack this one today. Now we're we're gonna unpack this from a standpoint of of your prayer life and how you would pray. But I, it's well, I, let me just read through it, and then I think you'll get the ideas we go through it. So Psalm seventy three, and I'm going to re- read the whole thing first. Okay, verse one. Surely God is good to Israel to those who are pure in heart. You might remember last week we talked about the fact that I I think prayer should always start with praise. Somehow we should start by saying how good God is and how good God has been to us. Because frankly, we said it last week, God deserves our praise even if he never does anything for us. Amen? But God has done a lot for us, and He's look. I, I often say, God could have God could have dropped us on a gray planet with no color and have us eat dirt all day. I mean, think about it. Have you, have you ever really thought about that? God could have given us a, a no joy, no no energy, nothing. It could have just been it could have just been dark and gray all around us. But God gave us this beautiful planet and this beautiful world we live in, and food. Oh my goodness, we don't eat dirt, y'all. So I'm, I'm just telling you, God has done so much for us and he deserves our praise for that. So he begins, he begins, this is by the way, a Psalm of Asaph, who is a musician inside of the nation of Israel. Not all of the Psalms were written by David and this is one that was not, okay? So he starts with, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. Verse two, I want you, I want you to see this, it turns dark pretty quick. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. I had nearly, my feet had almost slipped and I had nearly lost my foothold. And he's about to tell us why. I want you to know that when he begins to tell us why, he is going to open the door inside of this psalm for a conversation that happens in culture even today. Some 3,000 years prior to uh, where, where we are right now, this this writer unpacks one of the biggest questions people have about the church and about God. One of the biggest reasons people give in their minds for not following God, this writer unpacks. Watch this, starting verse three. For I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. They have no struggles, their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Now, hold up. What he's saying here is when I see the people who are, who are arrogant, when I see the people that are wealthy, when I see, y'all, let, let, let me modernize this. I envied the beautiful people because they got everything. You know, who do you want to be when you grow up? Well, I want to be Barbie because that girl's got everything. You know what I'm saying? She got the house, she got the convertible, she got everything. I mean, I know that movie just came out and I watched it. It was a waste of two hours, but it's okay. Um, (laughs) Just being honest, just being honest. So it it seems like when we look at these people that they have no struggles. They seem healthy, they seem strong, they seem prosperous. Everything seems to go their way. And we can envy them if we're not careful. But watch what it says. They're free from common human verdicts. They are not plagued by human ills. Therefore, pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. We see this all around the world. Why, why, do we have, why do we have rulers that are killing other people? Why do we have a ruler in Russia that is killing people? Why do we have wars in the Middle East? Why is all this happening? Uh, for, for their callous hearts, verse 7, for their, from their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits that they scoff and speak with malice with arrogance and threaten oppos- and threaten oppression their mouths lay claim to heaven and their tongues take possession of the earth. We see people like this, they, 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 they say things about God, they dismiss that God is there, they, 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 they curse God himself and nothing seems to happen to them. They make the earth their possession, therefore their people turn to them and drink up the waters that they are providing to them in abundance and they say, how would God know there's not a God out there is basically what's going on. Here's what's being said. Does the Most High know anything? Well, this is what the wicked are like. Always free of care. They go on amassing wealth. Now, what, 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 the, what the writer of this psalm has, has landed on and what, what really is one of the major questions that people have in the world around us is if there is a God that is good, then why do bad things happen to good people? Number one, but why do the wicked prosper? If there really is a God out there, then why do, why, do, why do wicked, evil people end up in charge? How do you get Hitler if there's a God? You know, how do you even get a, a modernizer? How do you get Vladimir Putin if there's a God? How do you even get this if there's a God? And yet, and yet the question almost begs itself, because we want to know why. Here's the ultimate question. Why is life unfair? There is an unfairness about life. I look around me, and, I, and the wicked and the arrogant prosper. Why does that happen? Why is it? Why is it that people that do good that don't don't seem to have anything, but people that do bad things they seem to have it all. They steal and they cheat and they lie, and yet they succeed, and yet they're wealthy, and yet they're powerful. How how does that make sense if there is a God? I just got through working through a book uh, called "The Great Dechurching." Where, where the authors are unpacking their two pastors who did a deep dive into study as to why people left the church. And they studied people who had quit the church over the past five or 10 years. Now, you, you need to understand that over the past 30 years, there has been a pretty massive de-churching in America. The percentage of people that go to church has just plummeted over the last 25, 30 years. That has been accelerated since COVID because COVID uh, accelerated everything, it seems like, and it accelerated this as well. And, and they began to ask people, why did you stop going to church? And, and one of the, you know, some of the answers were very obvious. I just got out of the habit. I just, I just, life got busy, those kinds of things. But people who tried to really think through it and make a logical case for why they quit, why they quit church, they come to this. Why is there evil in the world? And when there is evil, why does it prosper? Why does it work for people? If God is out there, why does he even let this happen? It becomes a very difficult question that, frankly, every single one of us has to wrestle with. Look, everybody listening to me right now has wrestled at some level with this question. Why? Why, God? Why do you allow this? Why does this happen? How can this be? If you're good, why don't you stop this? All of us have wrestled with this, and this, this author does, too. Verse 13. Surely in vain you'll see a shift in the way he's talking. Up here uh, in the first twelve verses, he's talking about those people who are who are evil, who 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 are amassing wealth. Now watch in verse thirteen he shifts. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. Now he's talking about himself, and he's be, he's saying I've kept myself pure and I've washed my hands in innocence. All day long I've been afflicted and every morning brings new punishment. Uh, uh, balances. He's talking about the wicked who are prospering and have abundance. Now he's talking about himself who is trying to live a pure life and stay clean in the presence of God, in the, in the eyes of God. And yet all day long I have been afflicted and every morning brings new punishments. I mean, again, everybody that's listening to me, you've wrestled with this question. I'm trying to do right, and it's not working out for me. I know people who aren't even trying to do right. They're trying to do wrong, and everything works for them. By the way, it seems like everything works for them, but it really doesn't. It seems like they don't have any problems, but they do you know the, the so 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 he said he every morning you're expecting it's the psalm so you're expecting these great things right every morning brings new blessings and let me americanize this thing and uh, no he says every morning brings new punishments He said, if I had spoken out like that, I would have betrayed your children. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply. In other words, he would have confused the young people. He would have confused, if he had actually said all this out loud, if he had constantly talked about it, he would have have brought confusion into the world. Listen, listen this is what our culture is like right now. I, I'm, I'm going to be very honest. The, 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 the first point is there's, there's an unfairness of life. The wicked and the arrogant prosper. We don't know why. But the second point is there's an unequalness in life. We live right and we struggle. So why? Now, here's the problem. For too many modern Christians, today Christians, in this culture Christians, this psalm ends at verse 16. And there's just this. There's just this. I don't know. There's this old worship song out there. Some of you might remember it. It says, "Life is hard, but God is good." I really don't like that song because it's just so sad. It's just so defeatist. Life is
0: hard,
1: but God is good. You know, it's like it's like, come on, dude. You, God is good. Life, yeah, life is hard. Everything that's worth doing is difficult. Everything that's worth going through is hard to do, and life is like that. The hardest thing you will ever do as a human being is raise your children. It's also the coolest thing you'll ever do. You know, it's also, it, it, there's great joy to it, and, and, and there's a lot of heartache to it. There's All of, the, all of that comes in. But anybody who's done this, you, you wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, and if you're lucky, they bring you grandkids later and they're perfect. So, you know, and so, 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 you know, there's an unequalness. The problem is, and, and when I read this book on the great Dechurching, it's like the psalm ended at verse 16. It's not fair. It's not equal. And if there was a God out there that really cared about me, it would be fair and equal years ago um, my, my my father uh, spent the first 20some years of his life serving the Lord then ran uh, ran with the wicked I will say for the next 30 years and then they spent the last 20 years of his life serving the Lord again while he was running in that time between following God um, my uncle Jetty who lived down in Charleston just outside of Charleston uh, passed away so I went down for the funeral and we're standing there and And I I finally looked at my dad at that point. Maybe I was 16, 17, 18 years old, something like that. And I said, do you even believe in God anymore? Here was his response. And this is, of course, while he's running away. So everybody stay with me. I want you to remember he came back to the Lord. Everybody's got that, right? But here was his response at the moment. He said, a God that exists, yes. A God that cares Uncle Jetty's in that box, no. That is, is the emotion that came through in a lot of these people's stories as they were dechurching. They may even still believe in God. They're just not sure that God is connected or God is engaged or God cares. And they begin to wrestle with him that way. You might be there. Your prayers might be starting to feel that way. In fact, can I be honest? If you allow your walk to stop at verse 16, you won't pray very long. You'll give up the idea of praying at all. Because your prayers will become, I don't want to hear, I don't, I'm not here to diminish anybody, okay? So stay with me. But your prayers will become whiny. Because you'll just be so focused on life's not fair and life's unequal and, and, and the, the evil prosper and I'm trying and it's not working. And this, and you just, you're spinning yourself downward constantly. As you read, you'll notice, you, you remember up through verse 12, we were talking about other people who were succeeding even though they were they were being wicked. Then in verse 13, there's a hard turn. He starts talking about himself. Watch this in verse, in verse 17. There's another hard turn. Till I entered the sanctuary of God. Somebody say amen.
0: amen.
1: Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Here, here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to give you the point and then I'm going to finish reading my, my stuff here. The first point, the life is unfair. There's an unfairness to life. The wicked and arrogant prosper. Why? Uh, there's an unequalness of life. Uh, that we live right in struggle. Why? But, but wait, there's an unavoidable justice in life because God is the ultimate balancer of all things. God will balance things out. Till I entered the sanctuary, when I entered the sanctuary of God, when I began to worship God, when I began to praise God, you see that, right? I always tell you that prayer should start with praise. When He enters the sanctuary of God, the place where God is worshipped, the place where God—yo, yo, 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 yo—when you enter the sanctuary, not only is God worshipped there because people come in and worship. God is worshiped by the very design of the buildings. God is worshiped by the very decorations on the walls. I don't know if you've ever been in our chapel over here, but it's got a stained glass window in the front. The stained glass window is all about the Trinity. There's a Trinitarian image at the top, and in each of the three, there are nine panels, and three uh, three panels in each, in each section, and each of the panels talk about Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And, and the, the, the whole building, in fact, you will never know this unless you see a, a an aerial photo. But if you ever look at an aerial photo of the property, that chapel is built in cruciform. It looks like a cross if you look at it from bird's eye view. That's a that that's intentional. These things are intentional. Why? Because that that you know why that building is there. You know why the chapel's there? Because it's the highest point on our property here in La Plata. Now, I talk about this property here, but can I tell you, I could, send you to, I could send you to cathedrals in every major city around the world, and I could send you to churches in every major city around the world, and they're built the same way. The building itself is designed to worship God. And the truth is, everything we do inside of a sanctuary is designed to worship God. Frankly, your house ought to be this way. <clears throat> wow. Y'all all right? There ought to be scripture on our walls. There ought to be, there are, our house itself should give glory to God because when I entered the sanctuary of God to worship, that's when I understood their final destiny, which also helped me understood my final destiny. I began to balance this thing back out. Verse 18. Surely you place them on slippery ground. You cast them down to ruin. How suddenly they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. They're like a dream when one awakes. When, when you arise, Lord, you will despise them as fantasies. You, you, you do see, don't you, that, that these people that are famous and they come and they go, they're they flashing the pen, then they disappear. Even the ones that are there a long time, when we finally hear their full life story, quite often we suddenly realize the, the tremendous pain, the tremendous difficulty, the tremendous fear, the terrors, the slipping here and slipping there. Their lives just... They're they're like ours, I mean you you think no 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 they're famous they'll, they'll they'll they never have problems are you kidding? They have problems multiplied because everybody knows them, everybody sees them. I mean come on, case in point, you can't watch a football game anymore without seeing Taylor Swift. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I just I, I'm I'm just. Uh, The girl just wants to date a football player. And somehow we have to watch her go on every date. I mean, how rough must that be? I know, I know. She's a billionaire. She's famous. I get it. But stay with me. The truth is their lives are struggles just like ours are. And in the end, in the end, you will despise them as fantasies. I want to pause here. God is the ultimate balancer. And I just want to say, that choosing not to believe in God doesn't make the problems go away. They still exist. Choosing to no longer pray to God as the answer doesn't make your problems go away. You can't do it that way. Verse 21, when my heart was grieved and my spirit was embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute and a beast before you. But look at verse 23. Yet I am always with you and you hold me by my right hand. Come on now. Y'all, y'all, I gotta say this. When you decide I'm no longer gonna pray to God, I'm no longer gonna believe in God, or I don't need a God, or I'm gonna dismiss God, or I'm gonna ignore God, when you decide that, your life doesn't get better. You still have problems. The only change is you now have no one bigger than your problems to go to. When there is a God there, He's holding your hand. He's bigger than your problem. And, and when you know that God is bigger than your problem, watch, there is, well, I'll take you back through all four of them. unfairness of life, the wicked and arrogant prosper, the unequalness of life, we live right and struggle, the, the, the unavoidable justice in life, God is the ultimate balancer. But watch this, there is also an unfailing refuge. And that is the God we serve. God is always with us, holding our right hand. Uh, you guide me, says verse 24, with, you, with your counsel. And afterward, you will, you will take me into glory. I mean, we could just say amen to that one. Amen. Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all of those who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge and I will tell of your deeds. I will tell everyone of what you've done. Look, why do we pray to a God who allows the evil to prosper? Why do we pray to a God who allows those who are trying to follow him to suffer? Well, the answer is because he's the one that's going to balance it all out and because he's the one who's going to carry us along anyway. So two summers ago, we were at the beach for our family vacation. We went down to the uh, Outer Banks, and um, my, my daughter-in-law, Alexa, um, is, is a photographer. She's very good at it. I I was out playing in the ocean with uh, Nora, and Nora at the time was about three years old, I I think, and um, I was holding her as the wave wave crashed up and she said, I wanna go out deeper, Papa, and so go out a little further, and and the waves are splashing against us, and we got this great, great, Alexa, I didn't know she was taking pictures, but she got this incredible shot of me holding Nora uh, from behind me, and Nora is, has the most joyful, laughing, eyes closed, clenched down look because there's this huge wave splashing behind us that just hit us. And uh, it's a beautiful picture. It's one, it's one of my favorite pictures, like, ever. And, um, and she said to me as we were standing there in the waves, I've said this so many times, so if I'm repeating myself, I'm old. Get over it. <laughs> and, um, but she said to me as we were standing there in the waves, she said, Papa, you're strong. And I, I, I at the time, I wasn't because I had not gotten back in the gym yet. Um, but but I said, yeah, I said, Papa's have to stay strong. And she said, why? And I said, because they have to hold their grandbabies. That's what God does. That's why we go to him. The unfairness of life batters us like angry waves. The unequalness of suffering when we're trying to do right toes us out like an undertow. But the God who holds us, who balances all things, that God holds us strong in the midst of all of it. And though the waves splash around us, we actually can find joy. In what should bring us fear, perhaps, we find joy because God's there. That's what prayer does for us. It lets us realize we are in the arms of a God who will never let us go. You know, I understand the struggles that people have. I understand that it's smart, it, it sounds smart and thoughtful, and it sounds very wise to say, well, if there was a God, there wouldn't be evil in the world. Well, if there was no evil in the world, that would mean there's no choice in the world. And God's not looking to have a bunch of robots following them around because that's what they're that they don't know what else to do. God wants us to choose him. And when we go to him in prayer, when we choose to spend time with him in prayer. We do so despite the unfairness. We do so despite the unequalness. We do so because he is the one that will balance it out. He brings justice and we do so. Because being with him is when we realize that our Father in heaven is strong. And he can hold us no matter what happens around us. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would remind us right now. Remind us of who you are. Remind us of the God who is in charge of all things that created us from the very beginning. Remind us of Jesus who died on a cross to forgive us of our sins. Remind us that you, Holy Spirit, are with us at all times. Lord, our lives can get dark and the world around us can make it seem even meaningless. But Holy Spirit, I ask that you would remind us that you are the one that's ultimately going to balance things out. Let us give you praise for that even ahead of time. You are the one who's going to hold us strong because you are always with us holding our right hand. So, Lord, I just ask that you would let us come to you and worship you. Let us pray to you knowing that you will deliver and remind us constantly that our end is not in the hands of the wicked. Our end, Lord is in the arms of the God who created us and loved us so much that he died on the cross for us. Thank you for being our God, and we give you praise. In your name we pray, amen.
0: Thank you again for joining us. We hope that this resource helped you in your journey towards loving God and loving people better every single day. If you enjoyed this, please take a second, share it with your friends. And last, we wanted to give a special thanks to all of you who give generously to this ministry. It's because of you all that this is possible. And if you'd like to learn more about how to partner with us financially, go ahead and click give for more information. We appreciate anything that you can do to help. So thanks again for being a member of our online family. We love serving Jesus with you.